Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Welcome to Super Trash, a podcast about queer baiting. That's what it's about. I'm Jen. I am Alyssa. And today we're talking about two episodes because we missed last week because Jen was out of town. So we're going to talk about season five, episode six, Confidence Women, and season five, episode seven, Tremors. So we've got a lot of stuff to cram into one episode. And by that, I mean Jen is just going to discuss Supercorp. Because that's really the only thing that she's been watching for the last two weeks. So I guess it's been a while since last week's episode. So I guess my main thing was if Lena... Do you think if Lena got the... um, uh, What's it called? The, the, the medallion? The medallion. If, if Lena got the medallion, would she have gotten powers? No, because they said that the powers weren't linked to the medallion. They were linked to uh, Andrea's blood, like her body. Like, it's it's Andrea who has the powers. The medallion just basically unlocked them. So, I don't she know the if ability I believe to use said powers without them, the medallion. Though. I felt, um, I got the feeling that the, medall- the Leviathan was linked to the medallion, which was linked to the powers. My guess is that what they're going to do is that they're going to say that Leviathan is the one who bestowed the, I guess, shadow gift upon um, the girl in the story, that the legend mm-hmm. that Lena read about. And then that girl is a, an ancestor of Andrea. And so within that fam- familiar line that um, ability remains hidden and the medallion is what is like the key to it. The medallion is is important to Leviathan. Okay. That's my guess. Um, I don't know if they will go in depth into explaining all that. My guess is that they think that they've already explained it so they're not going to. I just assume the medallion is tied to uh, Ramakan in a certain way that that has yet to be revealed, which I assume will be part of next week's episode. So, because that that medallion, he he, like when he tries to get it from Lena, he tells her that that's his. I don't remember that honestly. (laughs) Uh, Was that the end of this week? That was. When he fought her at the um, at the beginning of the episode, outside. Oh, I don't remember him saying that. Oh, okay. Then when Lena jumps off the cliff, she calls Supergirl. She saves her. I remember that part. Oh, okay. I don't remember yeah, the medallion. Part. He tells her that that's that's his medallion. Oh, okay. she's gonna give it back, basically. Um, don't doubt it. <laughs> um, 
yeah the, the, that's that's what i just kept thinking of like what would have I, I was just i kept being like what would have happened if lena got it first would anything have happened um i mean leviathan would have been involved in her life a whole lot sooner well do you think so or, they might have or do you think it wouldn't have do you think that leviathan only came in because they were looking for andrea i mean i think that leviathan has a connection to them to both of them in their own ways and so if they could get lena on their side to either use against lex or against superman in some way because of lex whatever uh, they would have done that. Then so if they could they have... have gained leverage over Lena and blackmailed her in a similar way to the way that they did Andrea, Lena might be in a different predicament. Then why wouldn't they have done a twofer? They were both there. Because, because if you think about it from like um, a storytelling point of view. Well, not even, no, no, not even a storytelling point of view. But if you think about it from, like, a manipulation standpoint, if you try to manipulate two people at once, it becomes difficult to control them because they can talk to each other. But if you can single them, single them out and separate them, they become a lot easier to control. Obviously, I'm not it's, a, it's a good it's a, manipulator. It's a tactic. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So if they, if they have them separate, especially somebody like Andrea, who was a little less self-assured of herself at that time yeah she was the easier target like i imagine eve was when leviathan came to eve yeah which i still want i hope we get a deeper dive into that oh i i'm sure i also we should we should i feel like we should just discuss the two together now i don't even know where we're going with this conversation (laughs) um discuss which two together the two the two episodes Oh, yeah. Did Eve... I can't remember. Did Eve mention Leviathan to Lena? Yes. Before she has earlier. Before before she had hope, yeah. Okay, yes. Okay. She did, like... That was one of the first things she said, right? When she had her um, in the the cell? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. It was one of the things that she confessed to. Yes. Yes. Okay. So that's why when it read out magically Leviathan... It was like a magic light bulb. Yeah, and then Lena could access Eve's memories on Leviathan, which is how she was able to protect herself. I'm very interested of knowing when Eve got involved in Leviathan, like before Yale, after Yale. Yes, so like, I think so. Okay, I think so. Yeah, I, I think she was very young when she got involved with Leviathan. Uh, Leviathan's interesting. I like where they're going with the story I, I just wish they'd built up to it a little sooner like I, I like I was thinking with the intensity of Leviathan and like the last two episodes with the action part of it it's really intriguing to me have they been in the other series Leviathan in like not in Arrow so many words like I mean like League of Assassins, they're they're connected to Leviathan in their own way. No, I mean, in 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 the TV shows. Well, yeah, I mean, League of Assassins is an Arrow. Oh, but I'm saying like going are in going into the um into the crossover. I thought like 
Isn't this part of it? I assume that they will fight Ramakan in the crossover. But Flash and Arrow have both been doing their own, like, Crisis on Infinite Earths thing. Like, Flash and Arrow, for this whole season, for, like, their... So, or Arrow's in five episodes in. I think Flash is at seven, same as Supergirl. For those amount of episodes, those those episodes have been entirely focused on Crisis. Like, building up to this crossover. Oh. So, I like, the they have, like, I thought the crossover was going to be, like, about Leviathan. I assume... No, I mean, I think Leviathan is going to be Supergirl's baddie. Uh, okay, wait. So, the okay, Leviathan is not the same as the Monitor. No. Okay. That's no. where I was getting confused. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Monitor is, like, this omniscient god, this be-all, end-all, and his whole focus is balance. Yeah, so, no, Leviathan and the Monitor are separate. The Monitor may utilize uh, enemies, like the way that he brought in uh, Malefic. Okay. Well, this episode is just Jen explaining Supergirl to Elizabeth. <laughs> I mean, I, I understand why it could be confusing. There's there's a lot of stuff thrown in here. I'm I'm really interested to see how they're going to do Crisis, because that's a very convoluted story. Like... Essentially, they take all of the Earths, all of the like the multiverse, and smash it down into one. Take are they taking more than R two? What do you mean? So like, they're Okay, so like obviously, there's a ton of multiverse. There's a, mm-hmm. we only have two that we know. Oh uh, well, I mean, uh, and in the plus Arrowverse, one or two others. I was going to say, yeah, I was gonna say in the Arrowverse, Earth 2 is pretty heavily utilized in, in both Arrow and especially Flash. the Flash. But I'm saying, um, beside, but are those, I guess, yeah, you're right, in Flash there's more. So I take it back. But, like, is it going to be, like, the one, are we going to, like, get to see, like, those random people like we did in the last crossover? Like, Naziville? Uh, that was that was two years ago with that one. Naziville um, was two years ago? You're right. Yes. You know how I know? How? <laughs> because Legends was in it. Because <laughs> Legends were in it. Um, there there are going to be um, different iterations of superheroes. Is so that why we get to see Brandon Routh? That's why Brandon Routh is going to play Superman. Okay. Yes. I don't know. I'm obviously very behind on a lot of things. No, I mean, well, they haven't... Legends hasn't aired yet, so that makes sense. But uh, I, I don't think that... They've really introduced other iterations of characters on the other shows. I'm not caught up with Flash yet, so maybe Flash has. But I know I'm caught up on Arrow now, finally, and they wow, haven't yet. Wow, I'm very impressed. I, uh, yeah. Flash is, Flash is a tougher slog. That's surprising. I really like Arrow this season. I really, really like what Arrow's doing. Okay, I'll do it, finally. It's, it's, it's interesting. I'll do it over winter break. Catch up on Arrow? Yeah. Aren't you like four seasons behind? I mean, you know I say it and I won't. I know. But I just want to remind you of You know I say it and I'll just how watch much Person you have of to Interest. Catch up on. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I did watch two Star Wars movies though over the last I week. am so proud of you. 
And I'm going to watch Rogue One tomorrow night. Buckle in. Buckle in or up? Buckle buckle in. Don't you say buckle up? Uh, I mean it in a different way. I just don't think I've buckle ever... Up, buckle up to me has like a cheerier connotation. Oh. Buckle in is like, all right, you're in it. I just, I actually don't think I've ever heard someone say buckle in. I think that's just me. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm the weirdo. Um, I mean. All right. So Supergirl. Supergirl. I, oh my God, that jungle scene. That jungle scene, the first thing I thought of was bombshells. Was it me? Oh. Um. Yes. Bombshells. Just because I've been reading it. Like, that's the first thing that came to my mind. <laughs> It's it definitely yes. I can. So I good. Can, yep, and and I see also it. just Lena's hair. Lena's hair. Lena's hair. These past two episodes. Lena's hair. Uh the the nice little curl, the little like wavy hair bit with her hair down. Yes, please. Yeah, I want more of that. Just stop putting her in these like ridiculous, over the top corporate like uncomfortable corporate outfits and i actually think last week she had stretches where her her american accent was better because she didn't have to wear like those ridiculous heels and outfits she wasn't so like uncomfortable that she didn't (laughs) she had other things she could focus on instead of just keeping herself upright (laughs) honestly i think the outfits that they put lena in they must be miserable to wear i i i just I don't know. I feel for her. Yeah. I feel for Katie. I, what else happened last week? My two notes from last week are literally favorite movie Titanic. Lena five years out. Five, Lena five years ago. Curly hair. Those are the only two notes I took. I, I like where your head's at. I like the priorities. Okay, so here's the thing. I think there's many levels of female friendship. And, like, I I go back and think about friends that, like, I have loved. And it's maybe, it's a love that's more than a friendship, but maybe not romantic. And I feel like that might, that is probably what Andrea and Lena had. But I feel like that's never recognized on shows sometimes. And I sometimes wish that it would be recognized. Because it was definitely more than just a friendship. And maybe it wasn't romantic, but it was definitely more than just a friendship what they had. Oh, yeah. For sure. I mean, I wish that they would show that level of relationship, period. Between women, between men, between men and women. Like, I I want to see more of those lasting friendships in all forms of media. So, and I, I want it to be recognized. I mean, it's hard because I'm shipper trash, too. So, of course, I'm going to be sitting there shipping people. But I think that there is something to be said about having a positive, affirming, platonic friendship, too. Yes. And and so it seems like Lena and Andrea had that to a point until it got to where... Andrea felt like she couldn't confide in Lena because she was ashamed, maybe. Which I could understand because somebody like Lena is intimidating. And she's so intelligent and so 
when you come to her with your problems, you kind of feel maybe inferior so in a way. I don't know because I feel like their relationship wasn't like that. Like from the way that their int- relationship was introduced to us, it didn't seem like that. Not the way that it was introduced, no. But over the course of the years, and then when she was struggling, um, they also just made Andrea seem so weak, which I didn't. I really understand like. it. I don't think that she seemed weak. I think that yeah. she seemed human. And, but not just sorry. I don't think I mean weak. I meant naive. Well, I mean I, that makes sense too. Like she grew up with money. And I assume that her father handled most everything. So she was allowed to just be smart. Yeah, but like... Book smart. You don't think that if an evil, magical people give you something and say you're going to have to pay up, you're not going to have to pay up? If it saves your father's life and your whole livelihood? No, no, no. But I'm, but when they come and be like, you have to pay, you're like, oh, wait, you really meant that? It's like, this is a magical... Thing that saved your dad's life. Yeah, they meant it. So, like, in that moment when she was desperate and needed that help from the medallion, she would have agreed to anything. Yeah. And so, and because it had been so long since that happened, I think that she may may have, within the first year or so, expected them to return. And then when they didn't, she thought, oh, maybe they forgot. Maybe, maybe I don't have to. Or, you know, I, I don't think... It's not like the rules of the medallion or the nature of whatever contract she just stupidly fell into were made explicit to her. So she wouldn't have known, like, what to expect. And so when they came back, yeah, like, I probably would have responded that way, too. Like, you're late. Like, I expected you, you know, whenever. So, like, if they're not going to come... She probably was, like, really tense about it for like the first year or so and once things started to get more positive her her father's health started to improve the business started to improve she started to build things on her own she had all these other things to look forward to and maybe in some ways she probably felt that felt that she had built up some kind of a an immunity to needing to pay that back in its own way or if she needed to pay it back it would just be monetarily yeah you're right i'm being too hard also, I realized I had two more notes. Okay. Jungle gear. And Lena literally goes to National City to be with Supergirl. Um, so the one other thing I want to say is the... Will, nah, what's his, what's Rip Roar's real name again? Oh my goodness, I've already spaced on it. Rip Roar... R- real Rip Roar. <laughs> um, that meet cute was so weird and uncomfortable for me. I, I thought he was going to kill her. Going for, but Russell Rogers. Russell, like I, I thought it, I, I like wasn't really getting what was going on. I thought he was going to kill her. I thought like, oh, this was a setup. And then I'm also like, was really confused with the whole William part of it all. So, uh, as far as I understand it, Andrea doesn't know that Russell is friends with William. So they were, like, living together and she doesn't know his best friend? I mean, look, that's that's on them. That's, that's, <laughs> uh, that's, I mean, that's, that's a little unbelievable in my mind. <laughs> um, but, uh, 
Like yeah. they were like they were living together, right? I don't know that they were. Li- were they were, were like they living together? They were. They seemed serious. I thought they were still like in the like early couple of months, but they were definitely falling in love. Okay, like I I couldn't really. Re- I thought they were like super serious by that time. In the in what they showed this episode, what they showed in the Williams flashback, it was the beginnings. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. my my guess is, I don't know. Maybe they were together like six months. Okay, which still like you would think after six months you'd know who your significant other's best friend is, and if he's like a world-renowned reporter like William Day is supposed to be, you would recognize the name. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe they maybe they were keeping their relationship a secret for some reason or another. But the juxtaposition between Russell and Andrea's meet cute and the growth of their relationship then cut in between all of the stuff with Lena and Kara and their growing relationship. Wait, was that this episode or last week? That was last up that was last week. Oh, okay. I got that mixed up. I don't know why I didn't take a lot of notes on that. And uh, it was one of those things where it was kind of like, uh, what was it, four weeks ago, three weeks ago, maybe? No, I think it was longer than a month ago when they did the music at the end and Supergirl's watching Lena over the balcony and through her room. And then it's cut in between scenes of uh, Alex and Kelly saying goodbye to each other and then it goes back to Lena and Kara and then goes back to Alex and Kelly and that's kind of like that like juxtaposition between these two relationships it felt the same last week with Russell and Andrea and the things that they had gone through as a couple and then them growing to love each other then Lena letting Kara in when she didn't even want to. And then, you know, I just, I just think it's interesting and it really. I watched them back to back. Cuts That's me to I got the core. Oh. Oh, last week and this week? Yeah. Um, I, so there was a few things that I kept, I watched it. I'm like, there's nothing about the way they wrote this that it would be about a friendship. So. Like the first one, the first scene when Kara comes in and brings the flash drive of right. the damaging information. And she's like, just to be clear, like we're having a working relationship, not like an actual relationship. He, no one says that. No one makes that clear about a friendship. I don't think anyone in the entire world has ever said to someone, just to be clear, we're not friends. We could be like in the way that she did it. Like we're not gonna have friend feelings. They'll be like, we're not friends because I don't like you, but not we're not gonna have friend feelings. That's not a thing. Yeah, maybe. I mean, people will be like, we're not friends, and we will not be friends because we 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 don't like each other. We don't need to like each other outside of this whatever we're in, but not because. I don't want our feelings of friendship to be there. I mean, I think for somebody like Lena, though, who is in such a position of power, 
and has been in such a position of power for a long time, um, she would probably have to be really cautious about who she lets into her friend circle anyway. And so, and then of course with everything with Lex and then Andrea, like, I imagine that there would be a lot of people vying to be her friend for the sake of news, right? Like they would try to get some kind of insider information from Lena that they would then use against her. And so she would have to be really cautious about who she lets into her life. And so she would probably be really good at just setting that boundary and saying, no, I'm sorry, we're not friends. Because I imagine a lot of people would use her. It's very different, I think, for Lena than, say, for Kara. It was just a way that it was said. It was bitchy. Yeah, and it was just, like, in the way of, I I don't know, like, these feelings can't happen. <laughs> not like this relationship. Oh, rela- I mean, I totally, I totally agree with not you. Not this relationship can't happen, but these feelings can't happen. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, but I think it's nice, too, to show, like, you know, kind of what Lena explains in the most recent episode, where Lena didn't want this. No, she yeah. didn't want this relationship with her, and Kara used her warmth and goodness and weaseled her way into Kara's heart. And so we see that stark image of Lena saying, "Like we're not friends," mm-hmm. and then compared to what we know they actually are, it's real. And then, and then the restaurant scene, it's really hard to see that and be like, "Yep, that's just a friend." The one is like, "Yeah, oh. if that were just a friend and I was working, I would just let them go." Yeah. You wouldn't be like, no, I'm oh, working. I'm no, sorry. no, I should let them sit. Like, oh, they should, they should sit and eat with me. I'll, I'll give in. Like that, that was like, no, I really want their company right now. And yeah, I want to be around this person. Like, like that, that you don't, you don't fight that, that hard. Exactly. For just a friend. Like, you don't have that internal struggle. And so, so to have that, and then to have, so there's that juxtaposition from that episode. And then there's the most recent episode where we have everything between Kara and Lena at the Fortress of Solitude. And... Much better lighting this time. Yeah, much better. Like, I wasn't blinded. And that is juxtaposed with all of the Kelly and Alex stuff and them essentially breaking up. I actually didn't mind it. The storyline. And I know some people were like, which, oh, which one? The Kelly Alex. And I know some people were oh, like, oh, okay. Alex already had this with Maggie. And I, I think I saw it as very different. No, I see it as different. And I, I saw it as like, like, uh, oh, like I'm not asking you to change for me. I saw it as like Kelly struggling through something like something very real yeah and i kind of liked it it was the first time where like we saw them struggle with something together and work through something together and we got to see an outcome and there was a reward for the viewers yeah i liked that it wasn't uh, it wasn't it wasn't the stereotypical drama nonsense where they break up at the end of an episode and then they don't talk for two or three episodes and then they make up in grand fashion like no they they handled this like like an adult couple they talked about it it hurt it sucked 
but they tried to appease one another and Alex was like no well, we're we're going to we're going to grow together like you helped me through my shit I will help you through yours and I will do my best to help you heal through your trauma and Alex also has to like recognize when she does stuff <laughs> like Alex is kind of stupid. Alex has got to be cognizant. Like, she, she just, like, ran out. <laughs> I mean, I think I think it's different, though, because Alex's last relationship was with Maggie. That's true. And Maggie understood that because Maggie was the same way. That's not Kelly. Yeah. And so I don't think Kelly has ever had to be aware of those things. Like, I don't think it ever entered Alex's mind to contact Kelly that she was hurt. Because she just... Well, and Alex is stubborn, too. So she probably was just like, Ah, oh, I'm fine. It's not a big deal. I'll lay down for ten minutes and then I'm good. Yeah, and, like, she's used to Maggie, who's, like, even more stubborn than her. Right. And so, and I think that it's... There's... In this episode, both of the Danvers sisters are really oblivious to other people's emotions. Like, Alex can't fathom that Kelly would be concerned in this way because she's not used to having to think about that part of her job. Um, and then Kara just doesn't know how to handle having somebody not like her. Like, she, I don't think Kara's ever really been in a situation where she's had somebody genuinely not like her. So when so, she and like yeah. someone she she cares about not like her. Like she said like a snapper didn't like her or like stuff like that. But Snapper did like her in his own way. That's true. He was just he was just gruff. And so it drives Carr crazy to have somebody not like her. And so, like, like you can even see it in the scene where Lena is talking about uh, Cosnia and how, like, as a viewer even, we recognize that Lena is still pissed. And I understand that 100%. Like, in, in ways that, like, I didn't even realize until Lena said it this episode. But, like, you look at Kara and she's just so much... In her own, like, I'm Cora, I'm a, I'm a puppy dog, everybody loves me, Lena forgave me, so I'm good with that. And it's just like, she, you can see that she's, like, lying to herself about it. It's not until Lena smacks her in the face with the truth that she finally recognizes that. Like, and in some ways, too, Cora knew that things weren't good with her and Lena. That's why she's having such trouble with it. That's why she keeps saying it to Alex and to Jean and, and to anybody else who will listen that, you know, oh, I'm so glad that Lena forgave me. Oh, I'm so glad that why things are good between me and Lena. Like, why? you? I think that you are talking about this way too much, and I think you have a lot more doubts than you're willing to admit to anybody. Look how, look how much she's overcompensating. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I... I also think that Lena's lying to herself about how she's not evil. I don't think Lena sees herself as evil. In a certain way when she's like, oh, I wouldn't kill you. I'm not evil. When it's like, what you're doing is still kind of evil. 
It's like, I where's think it's, the line? Like, it's such a weird... It's such a weird line. It's and such this a Luther right, line. <laughs> like... No, I don't think it's that because I think I don't think that Lena would ever leave Karn's situation where she would have to like maim herself to get out of the Fortress of Solitude. Like she's leaving her with just enough pain to remind her, like, if you push through this pain, this is you pushing through all of the shit that you've put me through. And so, and I think Kara, in some ways, kind of wants to sit in it because she feels like she deserves it. So I don't think it's like. I don't think Kara's in danger of dying from any of this. I just so see this as being only... like a really, really bad, unhealthy breakup. And it's the equivalent of like throwing away all of your ex's CDs or something. Like, But, but Kara's not the only their stuff. victim. Like, what? Kara hasn't been the only victim. What do you mean? Eve, um... See, but I see, but I genuinely you have to think of this not from our perspective, but from Lena's perspective. Well, that's Lena again, sees that as a tool for good to help people. Yeah, and without Kara's influence, I don't think that she recognizes the social detriment that that is. Because again, Lena is book smart. Lena is not common sense smart. Lena is not street smart at all and so she doesn't have a lot of social inter interactions in her bag she doesn't have a lot of like experience to draw on with this her experience has been people using her yeah no i and know then betraying her so it makes sense from that perspective it's fucked up like they really should have angry that. made out like that should have happened there i mean I, I, I like, so I want to talk about this too, because if they don't have Kara and Lena get together at this point, I understand from, I guess, a business or network perspective, what the fuck ever, why they wouldn't, because I don't. they're afraid of it hurting the bottom line, I guess, whatever. And I think what I'm most afraid with this queer baiting is that 10 years from now, I do not want another Xena. I don't want 10 years from now, the writers and the producers and the actresses going out to conventions and going, yeah, Carr and Lena were in love. They were basically married. No, you guys don't get that anymore. You guys don't get to tell me that anymore and not show me. You don't get to get away with that and expect us to be satisfied as fans with 10 years down the road at conventions having Katie McGrath and Melissa Benoist feeding us these lies. But but I guess here's my thing is that I would like this storyline if we trusted them. If we trusted this was a queer beating... We would be having a much different story conversation. Don't you think? I agree. My problem is that this has gone beyond that, in my mind. Like, it's one thing for me as a fan to read the chemistry between two characters and go, oh, that is, that is romantic. And so, like, 
seasons two and three between Lena and Kara and all the flirtatious things and the looks and Katie McGrath being unable to have a scene with another female character and not flirting with them. That I can, that I can understand. Okay. It sucks as a fan of that ship, but I can understand it. These storylines that they've done the last couple of weeks, this whole season, this transcends that. This is a love story between these two characters. This is a straight-up love story. And if they do not utilize it, whew. If this season, does, if this story does not end with at least Lena confessing her love to Kara. And Kara probably being blindsided and then confessing her love. Because I wouldn't be surprised if Kara's like, wait, what? And then be like, oh, that's what my feelings meant. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Which is like 50% of all the fanfics. Um, I mean, oh yeah. I mean, like, I totally expect some level of fanficery in uh, the crossover. Like, with Lena being involved, somebody like Sarah or uh, Kate Kane hitting on Lena and Kara getting, like, oddly protective yeah. and jealous. But I guess my whole thing is that if we... I, like... Th this story should... If they hadn't fucked with us for three seasons, kind of, about this, like, will they, won't they, will they actually let this be queer, we would be able to enjoy this story that we're watching, you know? Because we would trust that they would do let it go where it's naturally the chemistry naturally is going where the story is naturally flowing which is that these two characters are in love but yeah, there's I mean, nothing I in the past that shows that they'll actually do what what works for the story well not in terms of Car and Lena, no. I am definitely doing my best to approach this relationship with uh, as much trepidation as possible. But I'm invested. But I also see, like, you know, like we were just talking about with Kelly and Alex. And they recognized the mess that they made with Sanders. And how much they destroyed a lot of the fandom by doing things the way that they did. And so, and I, I, I genuinely think that they are trying to learn from those past mistakes. And I see that with how they present Alex and Kelly. Like, just this episode. You can't, like, it, I, to me, it doesn't matter. Like, you can't be, like, pick and choose, like, oh, well, we'll do one relationship good, but let this one drop. Like. I mean, but there, there hasn't been anything, there hasn't been anything so far with Car and Lena that makes me think that they won't. Other than the history. You mean that they'll actually make them fall, be a couple? Like... You think they'll do it? I I don't, I don't know. But what I'm saying is, is that... I'm not ready to be mad about it... Until it... Happens. I'm just not ready to be invested in the story. Like, I keep, I, sorry, I guess what I'm saying is it's hard for me to fully enjoy it. It's hard for me to fully watch and, I, I agree with you. and be 
emo- like if I I couldn't really be as emotionally invested in Lena the breakdown because I felt like I was being manipulated a bit. And I couldn't I, I just I felt like I was I couldn't tell if I was being played. I guess that's how I felt watching it. Is that I couldn't really immerse myself because I was like, am I being played again? I get that. So yeah, no, I get it. That's just it's that and like that's kind of they they made their bed. They like if you've if you've kind of fucked with your 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 viewers so many times, that's that's kind of what happens. I I agree with you. Um, like I said, I, I am trying to approach that relationship with as much caution as possible, but it doesn't take away from the fact that the scenes between them in the Fortress of Solitude this past episode were phenomenal. Oh, they were so good. uh, Like, uh, there was so much emotion, there was so much intensity, and I think the, the part of that that is, I think, getting overlooked a little bit, the scene with the actual confrontation where Lena confesses to Kara is good. And it's, it's emotional, and it's fantastic. But I think the scene that's before that is even better. Before. When Lena mentions to her, and, and that very, like, dry, angry, upset way. Like, remember in Cosnia? When oh, see, that made I me very uncomfortable. were going to die, and I thought that I couldn't protect my best friend, Kara, my sweet, precious best friend who was so important to me. Remember that? Remember when I thought the plane was crashing and we were dead? Remember, like, all of these other times in our past when I thought I had to save you and all along you were Supergirl? And, like, that is such an important thing to understand Lena's feeling of hurt and betrayal. Because imagine the trauma... That Lena, that Lena must have gone through when she realized that all of these times, all of these moments in her life where she thought she had failed this girl that she loves, this one person that she let in who is the definition of warmth and kindness, and she thought she had fucked up so bad that she was going to get her killed, and she couldn't save her, and then something happened and things worked out, and oh, thank goodness she's okay, she's safe. And then it happened again. And then it happened again. And again. And all these different times where Lena has genuinely feared, not for her own life, but for Kara Danvers' life. And then she realizes that that fear was a lie. That that necessity for her to get so stressed in those moments in protecting Kara was unnecessary at how much she would feel hurt and betrayed by it. Like that is, that is a very real emotion. Like I hadn't even thought of her betrayal in those terms, but for her to put it in that context and then for Kara to kind of awkwardly, uncomfortably laugh it off a little bit. I wish, um, I what I wish Kara said is like, I wish you knew the how many times you did save me. Or like, yeah, I uh, did I mean, need your saving. And I always need your saving. 
because I, I mean my 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 flip side is that it's kind of presumptuous of lena to feel like oh this girl always needs to be saved by me no i don't think that she's saying that at all i don't think that she always needs to be saved by me but i think in those situations especially lena was beating herself up because in I would say 95% of those situations where she thought Kara was going to die, she was the reason why Kara was in that position. That's true. Yeah, and, and even though... So she thought she would be to blame if something ever happened to Kara. And, I mean, and that's why Kara is just so... Naive. Naive and... What's the word? Kind of pom- not pompous, but like... She, I don't know. I can't think of the word. She just, I can't, I can't think of the exact word, but like, she really just doesn't get it. Like, she's just like, also like, eh, she shrugs things off. Yeah. I think, I think that's what gets to me is that. Like, she's not, like, I don't there think... she wasn't warm. There she wasn't warm because she was uncomfortable because she knew she had done something wrong. And instead of actually talking about it, she tried to smile her way out of the problem. Because Kara has never really had to sit and talk about problems. Like, this is the perfect example of, yeah, Lena needs to see a therapist, but Kara does too. Because Kara does not know how to handle legitimate confrontation with somebody that she is close to. It has been up to everybody else around her to handle that confrontation for her. And this is a situation where Kara has to be the one to be the bigger person to talk to Lena. Yeah, yeah. And if Kara was feeling this kind of way, this kind of concerned and worried about her relationship with Lena, the fact that she has to bring it up to everybody around her, like that she, that she has to be so delusional about what their relationship is if she's feeling that way she should have gone to lena it's the same and talked to lena as an adult and it's 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 a little infuriating that when they're having that confrontation and lena is telling her that she knew that car was supergirl that that lex told her with his dying breath and Kara says well why didn't you come to me first and that, that line made me so upset because that wasn't Lena's responsibility. That wasn't Lena's truth to tell. Lena was waiting for Kara to tell her and time and time and time kept passing. Plus it's the four years before Lena's that. Lena's responsibility that Kara did not tell her. So for Kara to say that and then try to push that blame onto Lena, boy, that would have made me a lot angrier. I... Yeah. There was just so... It it kind of reminds me of when Alex had the mind wipe. Yes. Of how how avoided she was of everything. Like, she basically, there was a whole thing where she literally avoided Alex. Yeah, that's how Kara deals with her problems. If she can't punch her way through them, she didn't go to the hospital to see James. (laughs) 
to avoid Alex. Yep. No, yeah, it's just, it's just, yeah, it's frustrating that we always talk about her in these, not we, the show, her friends talk about her in this way that's so empathetic, so, so caring, but she can't actually do it when it really matters to the people that are around her. I mean, I think that she is caring and I think that she is empathetic when things are going her way. Yeah. When she's not part of the problem. But in those situations, she's part of the issue. And she doesn't know how to handle being problematic. She doesn't know how to handle being the one responsible for whatever the problem is. She does not know how to do that in a positive way. So because she can't, she just avoids it. And like we say, no one questions her. Except for Lena, which is no one. No one calls her out on that behavior. And I kind of wish that with Jean having the revelations that he did in this episode with Malefic, I I wish that that had happened sooner. Because I wish then that we could have seen Jean wrestle a little bit with that inner struggle of being the one to tell Carr the truth. Um, but also maybe then Carr could have had somebody else say, no, you really need to go talk to Lena. I mean, granted, if John knew that Lena had Malefic, he probably wouldn't be so nonchalant about it. But I do, I agree with you. I wish that there had been somebody who would have called Carr on this. Like, mm, but would John have called Carr? Maybe you should have told her sooner. That was kind of a shitty move on your part. Everybody else knew Kara. Um, we've all been saying that. <laughs> like, I mean, we as viewers, yes. But like, but like Alex, who I I would think would be the bigger voice of reason. Honestly, I don't know sometimes what they do with her as the big sister. But no matter what, Alex views what Kara does as the right thing, and it's a little infuriating because sometimes I want Alex to be like, "No, you fucked up. You made a mistake," and not sometimes well, she does, but not really. Can we talk about John? Yes, I. I did not like this story. I felt like it was so basic. <laughs> it's it just like, like after school, it felt very after school special to me. I agree. Um, And it felt like the past five episodes were irrelevant. I agree. And I was infuriated. <laughs> I'm not sure the purpose of it. If only because the reveal about Lena having Malefic loses that potency because Lena and Kara have their altercation. Yeah, there, was an, there wasn't like, oh, I need to let her know in time. And he didn't. There, there, was, there, was, there was no... There was no consequence. There's been no consequence of John's storyline all season. It lifts right out. <laughs> it's the only the only thing that it brings to the table is Lena's ability to control. That's it. This I <laughs> and we're seven episodes in, and all of the Jean storyline can just be lifted out. <laughs> and I was just like, really? So he's good now? Like he. He, what happened? What? Wait, what actually happened? He opened his mind and he's like, oh, wait, we're good now? 
Basically, yes. <laughs> what? Yep. <laughs> that is... That was... Actually, I think the worst story this series, this show has ever done. Ah, uh, they've done worse. What? But what? For a main character? Oh, okay. I get. This is the worst storyline for John. I think. Uh, I think there's probably been worse. Yeah. This is the stupidest but... story. It's not great. No, it's not a good look. But it was just oh my I just felt so John deserves better. John deserves better. I want my time back. Use that time on other things, guys. Oh my god. It was just I was watching it and I'm like, please tell me that there's gonna be a twist. Please tell me that this is not happening how I think it's happening. And I was also like, if there's a twist, I'll still be angry. I don't think there's any way that this story can go. with Like, halfway through the episode, I was like, I don't think there's any way they can go that I'll be happy with. Because they've gone far enough that every outcome is, is a bomb. All of them suck. Yeah. Like, John dies, I, that sucks. I don't know. <laughs> like, I, like, I, I, I've... I think they've squandered this storyline with Sean, honestly. But we'll see where it goes, I guess. Mm-hmm. My guess is Malefect dies in the crossover. And so, like, now Malefect's just, like, part of the team? I don't know. <laughs> we'll find out, I guess. Also, like, Mirren, I love him. I was actually happy. That, that was the only good thing about the episode. Was I loved seeing him back. Sorry, not the only good thing about the episode. The only good thing about John's storyline was I was happy to see him back. But like, I love, I love John. I think John is wonderful. John or Mirren? I just want better storylines for him. Oh, I was saying his dad. Which, oh, Mirren. You yeah. said John. Oh, sorry. It's okay. I don't, you shouldn't say sorry. Uh, I should say sorry. So having John's dad back, having Space Grant back, mm-hmm. was great. But like I'm ve- I'm very confused about he's in his mind. I I I don't know. <laughs> I there's no way that I can explain that. <laughs> it's way too on the nose. No idea. They left nuance at the door. <laughs> Subtlety is not their forte. Mm-hmm. I did miss this. Nia this episode. I did also miss Nia. Yes. But I did like Brainy was ridiculous and over the top. But I'm actually fine with I that. Believe. Oh yeah, no, I love that. Um and I actually kind of like seeing him back in Alien because I think sometimes they forget. Like, I forget. Their budget. Their budget. He's, it's expensive. <laughs> yeah, I think that's all I have. Yeah, I don't think I have anything else. My my big thing on this episode was just for me to get on and talk about all my super corpness and how if it's not romantic, I don't know what the fuck they're doing. Wait, so. Because they're baiting the shit out of me. And it hurts. Wait, how did, what's his, okay, how did Ramakin, is that his name? Ramakan. <laughs> how did Ramakan? He's not a dish that you make crumble in. <laughs> how did Ramakan get to the Fortress of Solitude if he can't actually, I was very confused. So he got there, but then he's like, then Carr's like, oh, you're not actually on Earth. You can't use this as Earth. But like, how did he get in there then? I have no idea. Okay. 
I, I would have to go back and watch those scenes to, to really, like, I think, puzzle them out to figure out, because I didn't quite understand some of that. Um, so, yeah. Uh, well, if you guys want to follow me, I'm on Twitter, at Jen Stayrook. Uh, I am at TV with APB. Um, you can follow us at Super Trash Cast. Um, as always, you could email us at supertrashcast at gmail.com. Um, and yeah, that's it. Thanks so much for listening. Bye, guys. Bye. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.